0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Well, it's great to be together today for this occasion. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a celebration, isn't it, when we see a, a young young child come into this world. But then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting thing seeing a child grow and just see what they'll become. As a church family, we've been on a bit of a journey this last few weeks, as we've been um, believing for breakthrough in various parts of our lives. And uh, uh, there's people that have struggled with illness, there's financial situations, there's relationship problems, marriages that need help, friends and family that need to uh, know of a greater power in Jesus. And as a church, we've been praying for these things. We've been praying that God would move in these circumstances. And and as we've been praying for this, as Hannah just kind of alluded to, we've been doing a Daniel fast, which is in essence a vegetarian fast, for, for three weeks. And um, in our first week of this, Julian shared that breakthrough happens in our lives, first in the private, before we see it happen in, in the public domain. And, and what he was meaning by that is, it's in our prayer time, it's, it's when we're alone with God, that we see that the breakthrough first happen. But then also breakthrough can be costly. Sometimes God calls us to really press in and, and it isn't always just an easy thing. We don't just maybe necessarily pray once and something just happens straight away. But sometimes there's a tearing. There's a, there's, there's a, a, a process of, of, of continuing going to God. But breakthrough ultimately leads for testimony, for others to come and discover who Jesus is. Then two weeks ago I shared that we need, need to live with our eyes open to the will of God. And sometimes we can look at situations and we can look at life and we can just accept it as it is. Well, that's just how my family is. That's just where my finances are. That's just, okay, the doctor said this about me and so that's just how it is. And yet, in all of those things, we we see that God actually has a greater purpose. And God has a will that's sometimes beyond what we see in our own circumstance. But it requires us to live with our eyes open to what God's will is. In order to do that, we need to understand what His Word says about what we're facing. And so in understanding His will, it also is important for us to open our eyes to the resources of heaven. That all, the, the all powerful God of this universe who made Ada, her, intricately put her together, the all powerful God of creation is able to do through us and through what Jesus has provided all things. And so we need to see God's will, but we also need to understand that Through Jesus, all things are possible. And so when we look at these, when we have our eyes open to the resources of heaven, it helps us to see the right perspective of the world and the circumstances we see. That although the situation sees, we see it this way, actually through what Jesus has done and the provisions that we have through his resources he's provided for us, we we can walk into something of a different reality. And we looked at Elisha when he was surrounded and and, uh, how God brought victory because he was there already. The resources were there and and Elisha just needed to tap into it. And the third thing is our eyes open to the part we must play. And uh, even in looking in that story, Elisha had to pray. Uh, He he, he, he prayed. He he, he was involved in the process. Nothing just happened. And so this morning we're going to look at uh, how we see breakthrough in our hearts and in our minds. So, not so much looking at the externals, but looking at the internals. And it's amazing that what, how we think can affect what we'll achieve in life, or even experience, from little things to the very large and significant. For example, when you watch children play, uh, they can have uh, they can be playing in a very dangerous situation and be completely oblivious to the dangers that are around them. Right? Um, you can see them playing close to fast-moving cars. And as parents or as adults, we look at the situation and we see, actually, there's a lot of problems here that could, could happen. And yet for a child, there's, they can live carefree because they're uh, in their heart, in their mind, they, they don't have any system that would teach them that, to be afraid of that. Right? In that sense, it's not really a healthy thing. <laughs> But even when we look in sports, athletes or sports teams will invest a significant amount of time and energy, mental preparation for a competition. So, yes, they do the training on the pitch or they do training, um, you know, in the gym. But there's also an element of being mentally prepared for what they're about to do. And most uh, professional teams or even amateurs that are, are at that very high competitive level will take time to mentally prepare And when I was younger, I I was really into weightlifting, believe it or not. I was into into the gym. I went all the time, six days a week. I was really obsessed with the whole thing. Um, But I learned in this process that if you have a maximum weight that you can lift at the gym, if you do not think you can lift more than that maximum weight, you'll never lift more than that maximum weight. Mentally, you have to believe you can lift more than that in order for you to get past that line. I think in our lives, we can have the maximum limits of what we think is possible. And we do not go past that line of what mentally we see is possible for our lives. We we can put that bar there and we think, actually, I can only do this, this much because of who I am, because of what I've done, because of my family, because of my education, because of all of these things. And just like a weightlifter trying to lift more, if mentally you think you cannot do it, you will never do it. And added to that, there's things in life that can be roadblocks. It can be obstacles that entrap us from going beyond where we're at. In my experience in life, there's, there's various things that can hinder us. We have um, experiences and we have families that we grow up in, obviously. We, have, uh, we develop certain ways of thinking that often keep us living below this potential. And yet when we read in Jeremiah 29 11. There's a very familiar verse for many of you. It says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jesus echoed something very similar when he said in John ten ten, The thief Satan comes to only steal kill and destroy. But I Jesus have come that you may have life. And have it to the full have it abundantly. God has a plan and purpose for each of us. In our lives, he's a destiny. And I believe if you're here today, if you if you're alive, if you're breathing, you're not here by accident, you're not just by chance here, just going through life. But I believe God has a purpose for you, He has a plan for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know them. It's with purpose, it's with hope, it's with abundance, it's it's a life with fulfillment and knowing His love and knowing peace, and it's a life. It's not necessarily a life without challenges. And I don't want you to kind of come away thinking. Well it's all going to be happy clappy with Jesus. No that's not what I'm saying. There's challenges that come in life. But in those challenges. We we can live a life finding victory. We can find hope in the things that we go through. And this has all been made possible through Jesus. That's why he said. I have come that you may have life. It was me who came. That you could walk into this life. He paid this penalty ultimately this penalty of dying for our sins the things that we've done wrong all the things that would be stacked up against us that would be held against us the reasons why you couldn't go forward when jesus came 2000 years ago he paid that price for all of us so that all that would be working against us fulfilling our destiny are now taken away so anything that would be the lid on your life from you fulfilling ultimately what god has for you has been removed in jesus jesus paid this price So all of us, wherever, whatever background you come from, whatever part of the world you come from, Jesus took upon himself all the things that we've done that are not right, that are sin in God's eyes, and he died for them. But then in coming back to life, he, he offered us this new life. This life in him that actually, when we put our faith in him and we accept what he's done, we now step into this fullness. We step into, actually, the lid is now taken off by the sin removed. But now we have a new life in order and the power to live out the purposes and plans he has for us. And so two things happen simultaneously. When you and I decide, you know what? I'm going to choose to live for Jesus and I accept his forgiveness for my life. The cap is removed and power is given for us to now step into the destiny, the plans he has for us. We can now walk in it. We can now live in it. And in the past years, um, I've seen that. Uh, there's various areas that become very common kind of stumbling blocks that we go through. You see, Jesus has come that they may have life, that we might have life. But the enemy also comes to steal, kill and destroy anything good that could happen in our lives. And whether or not you believe in God, whether or not you believe in Satan. Can I just tell you, there's there's a force, there's an there's a entity out there that does not want you to go any further than you are. Does not want you to know joy and peace and goodness. But well, there's a God also who conquered all of that. And so there's three things I'm just going to touch on today that I found to be quite common. I, can I say common in my life? Things that are roadblocks that although God says I've got plans for you, I've got a purpose for your life. These are things that trip us up. And again, whether you're someone who is a follower of Jesus this morning or not, I think you will understand this even uh, from whatever perspective you're coming from this morning. And one of the first things I've discovered to be the things that are barriers in our lives that when we look at contending for breakthroughs are the things of the heart that need to be broken. One is fear. Fear has this amazing ability to debilitate and to stop us moving forward. I work with people that have a fear of spiders. There's a couple people in particular I work with that uh, they struggle to move into a space, into a room, to do something in the church if a spider is there. I'm not going to mention any names. I only work with three people and two of them have this issue. <laughs> so I'm not going to mention any names. You can draw your own conclusions. But fear has this amazing ability to stop us in our tracks. I don't know if you've ever had these moments where you're you're going to go do something and fear takes over and you suddenly can't do what you're going to do because something grips you to the very core of who you are. The first time I've ever went up really high in a ladder, I had this experience. Although I knew exactly what I needed to do on the roof of the house, I got up there and suddenly I was frozen. How many of you have had this moment up a ladder? Okay? That's a scary experience. Uh, And the first time I, I I remember the first time I went up, I think we were to replace uh, in Canada, it was these, uh, uh, the felting on the roof. And um, I I got up there and it was, I I just, I I knew what I needed to do, but I couldn't do it. I was just afraid. I just held on. I'm like, (laughs) some of you, it might be standing in front of a group of people. Public speaking for for most people is is a great fear. And you can have all the wisdom of the world, but if you can't speak it in front of people, then it, it holds us back. And we can have very real fears. We can have fears of the unknown. What, what could happen if I, if I do that? Maybe there's a job opportunity. Maybe there's something happening in your world that there's, there's an option for you. And, and fear has a way, even though deep in your heart you know it's the best thing, fear has a way of just stopping us from making the right decisions. Right? Fear is a way of holding us back. We have a fear of failure. Of, of what if things go wrong? I can't take that risk in case it goes terribly wrong. What will other people think or do if I, if I do this or that? We have a fear of being hurt or, or facing danger. Even when we know God is prompting us in certain directions, fear stops us in our tracks. Can I tell you what? Even when we know Jesus, fear is a tool that the enemy uses to stop us from fulfilling his destiny for our lives. And I don't think anyone in this room has not experienced fear. I think all of us in this room could say, you know, we've gone through moments of fear. We faced it. We've, we, maybe you're at the hospital and you've got a bad report and you, suddenly you're fear of death, fear of a loved one dying. Maybe all of us have faced these moments. And yet we have this verse in 1 John four eighteen, where it says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, what does that mean? God is ultimately love, right? We have another verse that says God is love. And so what it's saying is that when we come to a place of trusting in God and when we, when we align ourselves with God, his love drives out that fear. Because we know that he, if he is for me, if he's protecting me, I don't need to be afraid of whatever that situation is. Whatever it is that's stopping me. His love for me drives out that fear. Because I know he'll help me through it. I know he'll walk with me through this. And so I don't need to be afraid of 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 uh, of the unknown. Because actually God is with me. And his love for me drives out that fear. Now does it mean that I don't need to face my fears? Absolutely not. There are moments when even though you're afraid. His love helps us. To make the decisions we need to make so that we're not stuck living with a cap on our lives. Not making the choices we need to make because of the fear of what could be the result. When God has spoken to us, when God is leading, when there's a prompting in our hearts to do something, it's his love for us. And when we have a trust in him, he helps us through that journey. And so that we can come through the other side, conquering the fear and walking into the fulfillment you see, fear is like a smokescreen, or like a bark of a dog. Dogs can bark and they can scare you. Fear can scare us. But actually, when God is with us, we don't need to be afraid. And I don't know, as a child, when I was afraid, and especially when I lived at home with my dad and mom, you know, to have my dad with me nullified my fear. How many of you have had the, remember those kind of experiences? Right? I don't know if it was a thunderstorm outside or something happened that was scary. And if you knew dad was home, it was going to be okay. Right? It was okay if dad came home or if mom was home, whatever the circumstance was. You knew it was going to be okay because you were with someone bigger. And you didn't need to be afraid. They could be afraid, but you weren't afraid because you were with them. That's the same way it is with us in God as adults. Yes, we don't necessarily run home to mom and dad. It wouldn't be appropriate. (laughs) Maybe it is. I don't know. But we 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 run to our father in heaven. Right. And in his love and knowing that his presence is there, it takes away the fear and helps us to become who God calls us to be. And so fear is a big one that all of us face. But God has provided a way through Jesus that we can know his love and we can have this presence with us, knowing he is with us. His presence is with us and we don't need to be afraid. A second one, I think another trap that we face, another barricade, is unforgiveness. And in reality, uh, in life, we all get hurt, don't we? Maybe it's our close friends, maybe it's family. And there's all in all of our situations, we all come to places where we need to forgive others for the wrongdoings that they have done towards us. And might I also add to this, we also hurt one another. Right, We are not perfect. No one in this room is perfect. And so even unintentionally, we hurt the people around us. And so in Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ultimately, Christ set this example of what forgiveness looks like. We weren't worthy to be forgiven of all the things we'd done. It wasn't that we were like such nice people. But actually, His love... Went beyond that and said, you know, even though you're not saying sorry, I'm going to forgive you. Forgiveness is ultimately giving up the right of an offense to the person or situation around us. And sometimes that can be a really big thing because we can go through things maybe in our childhood that can have a grip on our lives. And and what I'm talking about breakthrough, what I'm talking about is sometimes these things can have such a root in our hearts. They could have happened when we were five years old, yet we're living in our middle age or even the later ed- part of our life, and yet that still has a grip on our potential. That thing, that, that situation, that person, that something that maybe had nothing to do with the choice that you've made has a grip on you. You know what? God has a plan for that. And when we talk about forgiveness, it's, it's a difficult thing because you, a lot of people even watch it on the news when someone's gotten shot or something happens, you think, oh, we could never forgive that. The problem is, is that we become entrapped in the process. We're, we're the ones held, being held hostage. And I, I found it interesting. I read about monkeys. If you want to trap a monkey, I don't know if you know how to do this. I learned how to do this. It's not that we're living in an environment that you need to trap monkeys every day. Um, but what they'll do is they'll take a coconut and they'll, they'll, they'll cut a hole that will just be big enough to put their little hands. Is it called A hand. A hand. <laughs> Sorry if I'm offending anyone who knows the animal kingdom better than I. Anyways, if they can put their little hand in it, open, they cut it just that big. And what they'll do is they'll put a peanut inside. And the, the monkey will put her hand in and they'll, put their hand, they'll, they'll grab the peanut, but with a closed fist, they can't get their hand of the coconut. And so the coconut is anchored, and the monkey will not let go of the peanut. And so they'll trap the monkey by a peanut, and all they need to do is let go of the peanut, and they could get freed. But they are trapped by a peanut in a coconut. Are we not like monkeys sometimes? <laughs> Where there's a situation that we go through and we will choose not to let it go even though it ensnares us. We do not let it go. We will not forgive. We will not release. And so all the while, we are the ones trapped. All the while, we can't live out our potential in this life because something deep in our heart will not release us. Can I tell you what, guys? We need to let go of the peanut. Okay, We need to release, we need to give way to uh, to forgiveness. Forgiveness is, is a, a, in another example, it's like a cancer. If you're unforgiving in one area of our lives, it, it starts to take over the rest of us. Ultimately, we come imprisoned, we become embittered because of it. The solution is very simple. One is that it's difficult to give what we haven't received. And first of all, we need to be forgiven to understand what forgiveness is all about. And again, if you're here today and you've never come to a place of understanding God's amazing forgiveness, that's the starting point is understanding what it's like to be released of all the things you've done wrong to know at this moment. Do you know what is forgiven? I'm freed. There's nothing held against me. That's amazing. That's the starting point. But the next part, it's then offering, we start a process then of saying, I will now choose to forgive. Now, forgiveness is often a process, and it starts with a decision saying, I need help, God, but I want to release this. And sometimes, if you've held on to something for a long time, it's very hard to let it go. In fact, if you try to hold on physically, hold on to something very long for a whole long time, it's actually difficult to release it, isn't it? How many of you've kind of held on to something for a long time? It's hard because your muscles get so trapped to that. And you know what? In our life, when we've been deeply hurt by situations or by people, it sometimes it's a process. It's not just a quick fix. And okay, I forgive them. No, sometimes this goes deep into our hearts. So we have to say, God, I need to need to, your help today. I just need to. I want to forgive. I just don't know how. You know, God is able to help us. He's able to walk with us through this journey. But it starts with a choice. And you know, I'm going to go down that journey to be released. And I promise you, you will walk into your fulfillment. When you can release the people around us from from whatever offense they've caused you. The third one is low self-worth. What we think about ourselves is often influenced by what others have said to us through all the years. It's amazing how one negative comment can influence our entire lives, especially if it's been made, if it's been made by someone of influence in our lives. What society places as values upon our lives, what we look like, the money we have, our education, our career, the family we come from. Most of these things are very superficial and external. And yet it dictates what we think we can achieve in this life. When looking at little Ada, she knows nothing of her value other than she's loved. Right? She hasn't come to that concept where she's starting to put value upon herself. She's perfect. She's perfect. What we then accept into our lives, all these kind of voices that speak about our value, our worth, they're spoken to us over a lifetime. All of us look at ourselves and we value ourselves to some degree. And the things that have been spoken, we accept and then what we accept, we start to live it out. And sometimes it's the very negative things. Maybe as a child, you're told you weren't good for anything or that you weren't beautiful, you weren't handsome or... You were a mistake and sometimes that that can just be a lid on your life. You you just can't get beyond that because that defines you now. I can't do this. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not pretty enough to do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy enough. Can I just say again, the enemy wants us to buy into the lies that we have no value. So that we can't achieve. So we can't become who God wants us to be. So we never live out our potential in Christ. In order to expose the lie, we also need to understand the truth, right? In order to understand the lie that the, that maybe has been spoken over our lives, we need to understand the truth of what God really says. And there's lots of verses in the Bible that speak of our worth. And ultimately, we look at look at kind of our worth from what would be the highest price paid for your life. Well, it could be another life, right? Well, God paid that price for you. That is your ultimate value is the fact that someone died for you. But then we have a passage of scripture in in Psalm 139. Again, just tying into what we've just done with Ada. This is an understanding of, of God's creation. Psalm 139, reading verses 13 to 18. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'm still with you. Can I just say, there's one verse here. It says, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Can I just say that God doesn't make junk. When we look at little Ada, who we just dedicated, that that's God's creation. She's perfect. One day she's going to grow up and she's going to maybe struggle with these sorts of things that we're talking about today. I hope not, but possibly. And you know, just as we look at a baby and we see them as perfect. You know what? Looking at us as adults, we are still wonderfully and fearfully made. We are made the way God wants us to be made. And God's thoughts about you are so numerous. He, 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 he loves you. He, he created you to look and to be just as you are. And he places the highest value upon your life. You see, breakthrough in this area comes when we can stand upon the truth. The truth. And confess it over our lives. And in Romans 12, it talks about this renewing of our minds. Right? It says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But be be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And if for a whole lifetime we've thought a certain way about ourselves. And that thought process is not right. We need to change how we think. Right? Ultimately, no one can change how you think about yourself. But you can. And the only way you can do that is saying, you know what? Even though I don't think I'm beautiful. Even though I don't think I'm... Good enough, even though I don't think this, God, you think this, and I'm going to choose to accept what you believe of me versus what I believe of me. It's interesting, two children, even identical twins, can be grown up in different families. One family can be a very loving, supportive family, the other family can be a family that's not very supportive. And what they achieve because what they see of themselves and the value that they think they have will be radically different. Are they any different, even identical twins? They were raised in different families. No, their DNA is the same, naturally. But it's all self-worth is what dictates what they're able to achieve. And can I tell you, regardless of your family upbringing, regardless of what your parents did or didn't do with you, you have a choice this point forward of how you live. And sometimes it's easy to blame our past and say, well, I was never loved. I wasn't supported. I, parents didn't really weren't there for me or people have said this about me. Do you know what? That's the past. And we need to let that go and stand upon. Actually, God says he has a plan for me. He has a hope for my life. And even though the world says this about my life or this about my family or my culture, you know what? That doesn't dictate my future. My, My future is found in what God says. And who he says I am is actually more important because he is who created me. And God doesn't make mistakes. Can I say that? God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't create you and say, oops. I didn't think that would happen. No, when he created you, he's like, do you know what? I thought of you before I even created you and you are just the way I wanted you to be. Now live out the potential I put in your life. Just bringing us to a close. The question I guess I'll ask of all of us today is are we living God's best? Or are there things in our hearts and our minds that are stopping you? And ultimately... And this, again, would be my personal belief, is that we can only walk into our fullness and find the ultimate purpose for our lives when we first come to the knowledge of who Jesus is and his plans for us. It's only in him that we find true life. But even in finding Jesus, there's also these other areas that we sometimes need to address. Jesus gives us the tools to address them. But sometimes there's moments where we have to also have to face it and say, you know what? I will not be dictated by fear. I'm going to choose to forgive. And I'm going to place the value upon my life, upon what God says, and not by what I feel. Jesus is the only one who can bring us into this place of freedom. And as a church, we've been praying for this contending for breakthrough. We've been praying that God would, would break through in the areas in our lives that... We need breakthrough. And, and you know what? A lot of these things. Up to this point. We've been praying really for these external things. Can I just challenge us today. That God wants to bring breakthrough to our minds. To our hearts. That we would live this day forward. Not held by our past. Or by what others have said. Or by situations that have got a grip on our hearts. That we would be set free from all of that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great to live a life with no boundaries. In the sense of nothing that's holding us back. And fulfilling our purposes. I really do believe that that is life and life to the full in Jesus. Could I get you to stand with me, please? I call the the team to come. I realized this morning that we might be from different backgrounds, different, even maybe different faith. But I pray today, in, in something that's been said or something that's happened, that you you have had maybe something in your heart be challenged. And and this morning, there might be something in you that you think, you know, what I I do relate with that. I do relate with this bit. I, I do got that fear. Actually, there's this person I just can't forgive. This actually, when I look in the mirror, I just don't see anything of beauty. I I, I just. A struggle to see any value of my life. Maybe it could be a spectrum of all of that even. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just pray that God would bring that breakthrough in our hearts. And and ultimately it comes by our personal choice. As I said, it, it's not something that I can choose for you. But it's something that we choose ourselves. And even, as I said, if you're here today and you've, you've never made that step to, to say, you know what, I... I'm going to choose to put my faith into Jesus. Then It isn't a magic prayer that we pray. There's no kind of special thing that we do other than it's a thing of surrender of the heart. Saying, you know what? I choose to trust you, God. Forgive my sins. Forgive the things I do. But this day forward, I'm going to choose to follow you. And you know what? That's all it is. And at that moment, the Bible said his spirit comes and, and that the, the cap is, is removed and his spirit comes and he brings the new life in us that helps us to journey forward to conquer these things that would otherwise hold us back. So I'm going to pray for us. Just as we bring us to a close, we're going to sing one more song and then we'll have some teas and coffees and some other things just outside the door. But I trust that God would speak to us in this moment and would bring release, bring healing, bring restoration.